Hi, I'm Zoe Bice and you're listening to a Bournemouth University podcast. Today I'll be talking to Christina and Phil from Bournemouth Samaritans and Kerry-Ann Randall, Head of Student Wellbeing at Bournemouth University. At a time when it's reported that more and more people are affected by mental health issues such as depression and anxiety, it's important that we try to reduce the stigma around mental health and make it easier for people to access the help and support they need. here today with Christina, Deputy Outreach at uh, the Samaritans, Outreach Director, and Philip, who is a volunteer Samaritan, and also Kerry Ann Randall, who is Head of Student Wellbeing here at BU. Um, so the three of you are all working together to support mental health here at BU and it would just be really good if you could tell us a little bit more about that partnership and your involvement and the reasons why you're working either in the Samaritans or within that arena of mental health. Just tell us a little bit more about that partnership and yourselves. Yeah, so I'm, I've basically been volunteering with the Samaritans for four and a half years now actually and um uh, this year I was basically made sort of coordinator with Bournemouth University. I love doing what I do and one of the main reasons why I'm sort of uh, doing all this stuff with the university is because I was a student here myself um, and um, you know coming from abroad as well I, I know what some of these students had had to go through, uh, some of the difficulties that they faced and basically in a way I want to give something back to them um, but also all the other stuff I do with Samaritans is, uh, you know, tremendously rewarding. And, you know, especially when you hear people saying, you know, thank you for listening. So I think that, am I right in thinking you've been doing some events across the university just recently? Yes, that's true. Um, so basically, um, we met together with uh, Christina and the director of the local branch, uh, of the Bournemouth branch of Samaritans back in, I think it was end of June or beginning of July. Somewhere. Yeah, beginning of summer. Yeah, and um, we were basically talking about ways of supporting the uni and moving forward. And one of the biggest sort of recent events was the Freshers' Fair. Um, so I really enjoyed that one. And it's, it was basically about ra- not just raising awareness about what Samaritans do, but also about seeing whether there are potential uh, volunteers who would like to join us, you know, from the students. Mm-hmm. Um because we are looking at targeting younger people as well and, uh, you know, just putting our name out there, you know, for younger people to know that we are there and that we're there not just for, you know, people who are uh, suicidal, but for anyone who would like to talk to us, really. Mm-hmm. And do you find that um, it's it's difficult to get people to volunteer? Is that something that you are looking to do constant? Is it particularly younger people that you're looking? We get volunteers come into to our branch to see how they can like help support us and um, from all different ages, all different as- assets of life. I would say at the Freshers' Fair, I did find that a lot of people didn't quite know who we are. Um, so again, I guess it's that sort of fear of the uncertain saying, oh, I don't know what you guys do. Tell mm-hmm. me a bit more. But I think it's about gauging with young people saying, what what do we actually do before they volunteer rather than just saying, hey, do you want to volunteer with us with the Samaritans? Because there's a lot of opportunities for them to get, uh, to be involved in. Um, so I guess with younger people, it's more that sort of 
fear of the uncertainty and obviously the freshest fed is a hundred hundreds of you know different societies and clubs they can be part of yeah and Kerry from your point of view um obviously this is um it's quite an unusual my understanding it's quite an unusual partnership between the university and the Samaritans um can you tell us how it kind of came about and what the reasonings were behind that yeah, so at, at Bournemouth University, we're really keen to make sure that student well-being is at the heart of everything that we do. It's part of our values. It's part of the information we give out to all staff and all students in relation to where they can go to get support if they're in need of it. And we came across the Samaritans really probably because the director contacted us to say, hey, I'm new in post and, and we'd really like to develop our partnership with you. I'm doing a piece of work around mapping, around mapping of the support services available, not just in the university, but also externally. And uh, so the opportunity arose to really cement the partnership, to actually do something quite different together, to you know to be able to welcome Phil as our university Samaritan, which is just fantastic to be able to say, okay. and work along with uh, Christina as well, who's our sort of leads on the outreach it means we have a source of support and resource that we can help students and staff understand what the the Samaritans do I think the perception going back to Phil what you're talking about Freshers Week there is this perception that the Samaritans are there to talk people off bridges Mm -hmm. and to only ring if you're in crisis for me the Samaritans is the best listening ear you'll ever have because you, you you're anonymous you don't have to say who you are where you are you literally are just talking to someone on the end of the phone who can you just talk you through how your day is going and and, and help you mm. explore why it is that you, you you need to talk and I think that's a really important element of what we're trying to do here it's normalizing actually we all have mental health it's uh, it's you know very often we'll be in mental distress we'll have things that go wrong and this is who can help you with it and this is how you can help others again another important aspect of the partnership is looking at not just a a support for students and staff but actually as a local resource that we can contribute to absolutely a lot of people they come to us um, and start asking questions and they say are you just there for suicidal people no we're not we're there for people with any questions or any support that they may need Um, It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't have to be serious. If you want to talk to someone um, who will just listen to you and not be judged, we don't give you advice, um, we're there for you. We won't know who you are or where you are. Yeah, and to be honest, you know, sometimes talking to a stranger is in a way sort of more, uh, more of a relief for certain people um, because outside of Samaritans, I do work in mental health and I would, you know, say that the majority of calls that we do get are, you know, closely related to mental health issues, uh, amongst others. And, uh, you know, with younger people, and with men as well, it's that sort of, uh, you know, if I talk about my feelings, that's, you know, you know, I can't do that, it's seen as a weakness or vulnerability. Um, And it's just about making people comfortable talking about anything related to their feelings, which is probably easier said than done for a lot of people. A lot of people aren't aware of how they can contact us. Some just think it's by phone. Mm -hmm. But we actually Mm. offer email, texting. We're introducing webcams soon. Um, Down at our branch, we also um, have face-to-face. So people can come in from 9 a.m. in the morning till 9 o'clock at night. Um, And sometimes that's easier for people so that they can connect to somebody um, and speak about how they feel. But some people don't always want to do that. They just want to be anonymous, um, to be able to know that someone's at the end of their phone, to listen to them, um, not judge them and just kind of like help them find their way. 
I suppose that helps as well, doesn't it? Because there's different generations who like to communicate in different ways. And so some might like to write a letter. Absolutely. Some might prefer face-to-face. So perhaps some people of the younger generation, they might prefer to use email or the web chat that you're talking about. Text. Yeah, we do text. text. And uh, anecdotally speaking, I would say that the younger callers we have had do prefer more sort of indirect contacts rather than speaking on the phone because this caused them a lot of anxiety to do that. Yeah, because you have to take a step back then from everything that you're doing exactly. to be able to do that. Whereas you can kind of go in and out of it if you're using text. Yeah, you've got the time to think about what is it that you want to concentrate on. Yeah, I think also you can do that whilst no one else is watching. You can Absolutely. text, you that can email and uh, you, you don't have to find a, a quiet corner somewhere to make a sort of hushed call. That you, act, you, you, know, you can be at the dinner table, you can be in a lecture, you can be in the park and, and have that communication. I think that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Mm. Some people as well, they're not always able to talk because they might have their partners in the background. Um, it might be busy at work. So just being able to text or write an email and do it in their own time. Also by writing an email, it sometimes gives them time to reflect on what they've actually said. As where when you're talking to somebody on the phone, everything's sort of coming out at once. Yeah, I think the other thing here as well is that some people who may call in, they may not be calling for themselves. So if we're thinking about staff, students, the wider community, it might be a neighbour, it could be a relative, um, it could be a friend. And so I suppose being on campus and having conversations like this um, around mental health in general, it just helps raise awareness. And so people aren't afraid to have those conversations and actually just have a little think about whether those people are okay but actually get some help themselves in managing the conversations with those people so people shouldn't either be afraid to call in if it's not for themselves but they want some sort of guidance as to how they might approach a, a conversation or yeah. subject area exactly and I, it's about oh yeah go on. I was gonna say I've actually spoken to people in the community and on the phone as well and they pick at the phone and it will go quiet and they'll just say, I don't know where to start. And I said, just take your time, take you know, a deep breath and start whatever you like. Yeah. So, and that way it kind of like helps them relax a little bit and helps them to open up slowly. Good. The hardest thing is actually making the start, isn't it? The hardest mm-hmm. thing is either picking mm. up the phone or taking a deep breath and saying to somebody, I'm not okay. I need to speak to someone. Mm. And actually, that is literally the, you know, most common sort of first sentence I would hear as a Samaritan, you know, can I speak to someone? And we say, of course, you know, you can talk to me. And um, I guess going back to what Zoe was saying, um, we we don't give advice um, and, you know, we're not counsellors or anything Mm -hmm. like that. We wouldn't say to people, you should do this or that. And as Christina was saying, we would help them reflect on what is going on just to sort of help them make sense and help them normalise, you know, a lot of the feelings uh, that they might be going through. So, Kerry, can you just let us know, um, obviously Samaritans is just one area of support at the university. Can you tell us what other support is available? 
Well, I've been at um, Bournemouth University since February of this year. And I have to say, when I started, I did some mapping of the resources available for students around wellbeing. And it's huge. There are, I think, probably about 17 or 18 different entry points of different types of support, whether that's through sport or through faith and reflection or through the NHS or faculty support. Um, So one of the things that we're working on at the moment is to try and help students and staff to navigate that support, where the access points are, how to refer in, how to to make sure that you go to the right place at the right time for the support you need. Um, And the the piece of work that we're currently working on is how we're theming the support type. So is your issue in relation to living? Is it around learning? Is it around support? Or are you in crisis? Because it's really important that when people are in crisis that we direct them to the right services as as quickly as we can and so they, they feel that they can access that support and this really is where the Samaritans work comes in it's in that crisis zone um, a fantastic resource for us as a community a fantastic resource for us as a, a university but equally it complements a, a whole host of other supports one of the things that I often find is that and I'm, I don't know whether Phil and, and um, Christina you find this as well is that people have gone to lots of different places and don't mm. feel they've been mm. helped and so they, they either have gone to the wrong place at the wrong time or they just haven't really been given the right advice or they haven't really found the support that they need and I don't know whether that's another sort of Definitely. type of call you often get. I've had um, callers come through and sometimes I can like really connect with what they're saying and they turn around to me after a while and they just say, thank you. Thank you. I feel as though you really understand what I'm saying. And that's quite a powerful um, thing for somebody to be able to say. And it helps them to be able to like move forward and um, feel as though they've been valued and listened to. And working as a Samaritan, obviously, you work as volunteers. Um, is there... Um a reason do you have uh, personal reasons why that you you feel like you want to do this is it something that you you you're happy to give all you know quite a lot of your free time um i just wondered about personal experiences and and why perhaps you wanted to become a samaritan well eight years ago today in fact um sadly my sister who was an uh, um Royal military police officer she was uh, originally raped and the investigation was flawed and she felt very, very let down by that. Um, and sadly, because of everything what happened and she just felt as though she had no support, nobody listened to her, it was all too much for her. And on this day, day October the 9th, 2011, she actually hung herself from a fire exit door at her barracks um, and ended her life. After that, um, obviously, it took me a couple of years to be able to able to move forward but one day I decided I wanted to join the Samaritans I heard a little bit about it I didn't know too much you know what it what it was involved so I went to um, a meeting to try and like learn a little bit more and um, I thought yeah do you know what this is something I'd really like to do Um, and that was two years ago this month actually I started my training and back in May I was asked to become a deputy director for the outreach team And for me, that was just absolutely amazing and something I've really enjoyed doing ever since. And I've had the opportunity to come and support the university, the police, the railway, um, present talks in schools. And that's just one of the most powerful things to know that hopefully I'm making a difference out there. Hopefully people know that they're not alone. Yeah, you must feel very, very proud. I do. And we've just done a talk earlier about 
um, the you know about Samaritans and what we offer and I did actually talk about my sister and it was very emotional but it was very powerful as well and I felt I had to do it today. But I think everybody in that room, they could feel how difficult it was for you. But Mm -hmm. actually really appreciated you sharing that story. And then they can fully understand what that being a Samaritan means to you. So, um, yeah. So for for me, I'd like to thank you for that. It's a very inspirational story, um, a very personal story for Christina. Um, I I mean, I I wouldn't say that mine has been, (laughs) you know, that sort of inspirational, really. but, you know, the first time I heard of Samaritans was when I was in Exeter um, doing my undergrad. And basically, um, I initially thought it was some sort of religious organization. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not joking. I was like, oh, Samaritans, isn't that something in the Bible? <laughs> um, but to be honest, I come from a different country where things like that just simply don't exist. Um, and just, you know, I've witnessed, you know, friends of mine and close friends of mine who've gone through very difficult times in their life. And I just wanted to and give something back to them. Um, and in a way, to be honest, being a Samaritan myself has sort of taught me valuable life lessons as well about, you know, one of them being that I should appreciate what I have because, you know, listening to so many people who've gone through so much suffering does, you know, make you value the things you have in life. Um, because, you know, one of my, some of my hardest calls would be, you know, people who are just at that so, such a low point in their life that they literally just don't see the point in anything. Mm-hmm. You try to explore things in different ways and they just sort of say, no, there's nothing. And, you know, it, it, that part of me just really wants to help people. And I guess with me, there's no single reason why I joined Samaritans. Obviously with Christina, it was, you know, such a strong event. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. I feel it saddens me as well, the fact that my sister was alone at the time when she took her own life. Um, And just being able to like speak to somebody on the telephone now with them telling me all about what's happened in their life and why they've called. Sometimes it can start off with just a, a little bit of depression, which turns into anxiety. And before they realize it's escalated further and their mental health can become quite bad. Um, so being being able to like talk to somebody on the telephone and giving them a chance to reflect on their own life and what's actually happened. Sometimes they say to me, is it just me? And I'm like, no, we take so many calls with similar stories. And trust me, it's not just you. Um, it sounds like you're in this big circle and you just can't see the light. But there is light out there. I think that's really important, isn't it? It's that, again, normalising something, a feeling, a distress, a thought, a behaviour, an emotion that actually a lot of people have and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And and actually by picking up the phone or talking to someone, whether it's a mate, a, you know, a neighbour, a, a family member, then th- that's a really big first step. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's, again, the hardest mm-hmm. step, but it's so important just to say, right, this is how I'm feeling. And I guess that the other sort of side of the work that I know you're doing around raising awareness as well as us as a university is helping people know how to respond because somebody mm. telling you that they're not feeling okay um, can sometimes cause panic in, in a, yeah. the person they're telling that. I've also had people who said to me that, the, the let's say, the friends they told, they, you know, let's say they, they said to their friends, you know, I'm feeling really down in the dumps. Uh, and their friend says to them, oh, just get over it. You know, it'll be fine. Mm. And it doesn't, you know, time passes and it doesn't get, but it actually mm. gets worse. So it's just, let's say people say, oh, I'm sad. I shouldn't be feeling sad. 
being sad is bad, but actually we're the ones who attach these sort of negative label to emotions. So uh, it's about, as you said, normalizing and validating it with them. Say, you know, feeling sad is okay, considering what you've had to go through. It's quite a natural thing to feel. I suppose if we're thinking about the students here at the university um, at the moment this is a particularly difficult time for some of them they're moving away from home and their friends and all of their support networks Um, Philip what would you say to um, students that are are coming to the university and are going to face all these challenges um, and might be struggling I would say definitely don't uh, put everything on your shoulders because it's you know you're burdening yourself that way I know a lot of people who would say Oh, I don't want to tell others because I'm burdening them. Um, but so it's about making sure you've got that proper support network of family, friends, just, you know, the student well-being at the university. Make sure you ask people. You know, I've asked so many questions because one of my lecturers at uni said, there's no stupid questions, there's stupid answers. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'd, when I first came to uni, I didn't know how to cook. I didn't know how to do my laundry. You know, I had to go through a lot of this stuff. I had to, you know, open bank accounts. Mm-hmm. So no one helped me with that. I, I had to basically go through it alone. Um, but in a way, it sort of made me more resilient. And you know, in a way, I've been someone who has been very sort of reluctant to open up to people myself because it's just my own personality. But as time passed on, as you know, as a student, I realized, you know what, well, actually, it's fine to talk to people, to my flatmates. They are actually quite understanding. They're going through a similar thing. They're my age. Um, I can connect with them. And I think with younger people, you, you sort of feel that connection with uh, with peers a lot more and then opening up to your parents, let's say. Yeah, I suppose your peers, you're going through the same thing at the same time. And actually, once you start that conversation, then you might come to realise that actually it's not just you that's feeling that way. And then quite mm. often you can share thoughts and ideas about how you can kind of get around those those difficult situations. Exactly. I think what's what's helped students in preparation for university is that our schools and colleges have got so much more aware and, and so much more better at actually helping pupils as they are in schools um, with their emotional intelligence and being able to articulate how they feel and understanding what a support system is. Because I think probably going back a long time when I was at university, I really didn't understand what a support network or a support system meant and if someone said to me what's your support system I'd probably think they were talking something IT uh, <laughs> I and was not, thinking the same actually. not necessarily <laughs> but actually you ask a lot of our students and, and young people who are coming through you know what is your support system and they get it they're, they're well I've got a friend I've got an aunt I've got you know a lecturer that I get on really well with and, and, and I think that is really important that we use language that that the students themselves can relate to and understand and we often fall into the trap of using jargon and then we, you know, it's harder for students to access that support because they just don't understand what we're trying to signpost them to. So, um, Christina, I know you mentioned earlier that the Samaritans provide 24-hour, 365 days a year service. Um, so if people want to get in touch, um, if that's they, they want to phone in, can you tell us what that number is? Do you know it off the top of your head? I do you know it off the top of my head. It's, uh, <laughs> go on then. It's 116123. Okay. And if they want to go to the website, maybe they're interested either in contacting you in a different way via email or letter, or perhaps they're interested in volunteering the website. Uh, yes, there is a website so uh, they can contact us in many ways they can send us an email and basically all volunteer inquiries would go to the deputy director for recruitment within our branch um, but you know we'll be more than happy to get more volunteers okay. 
Um, Thank yeah, you. And okay. I believe the website is www.samaritans.org. It does. Yes. Can I just add that if um, if we have any students at Bournemouth University who are listening to this podcast, and why wouldn't they? Uh, how entertaining we've been in the last <laughs> 20 minutes or so. Um, if you're feeling that you're not quite sure where to go to help, until we've got this navigated pathway up and running and as seamless as it needs to be, and we are absolutely working on that, then I would urge you to go and talk to Ask BU. So Ask BU are a frontline service that's run through student services. They have a, the base at Talbot Campus. They also have a, a room that they use in Bournemouth House. They're on the phone and email. Now, I always describe them as our concierge of the university. <laughs> what Ask BU don't know, they will absolutely find out incredibly quickly but they deal with absolutely all sorts again there's no stupid question there's no you know there's no wrong way of approaching services or if you're in need of support they are the constant here for us and and please do go and contact them we can see that there's a whole host of ways that you can get involved and I think um, I just want to say a huge thank you for your time and also for sharing your personal stories um, and I just think like today's conversation has highlighted the amazing work that Samaritans do and how by working in partnership with BU it's possible for us to provide an even stronger support service to our community so thank you very much indeed. Thank you for thank having you. us. Thank you. So thank you once again to our guests today, Christina and Philip from Bournemouth Samaritans and Kerry Ann Randall, Head of Student Wellbeing at BU. If you'd like to find out any more information or you need some help and guidance around mental health, you can visit the wellbeing pages on the BU website or you can contact the Samaritans directly. Don't forget, you're not on your own and there is support out there. Thanks for listening.